All right, stop. Collaborate and podcast. Listen, you're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. And with me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. As Corky said on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. And then we review and rate them on our unique system. What is that system? I'm going to explain it to you right now. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare. Double dare goes to the truly atrocious movies, and a reverse dare goes to a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we are reviewing Sir Vanilla Ice in what, what I would argue is his signature movie role, David Kellogg's 1991 opus, Cool as Ice. That's a bold statement. Well, he's benighted, so you got to speak with respect about the man's role. I think roles. you're forgetting his role as Mark Twain in The Ridiculous Six. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking signature movie, I mean, maybe that's more of like a, a, a career capper, you know? Uh, when you said Ridiculous Six, I realized Adam Sandler stunt casted him in a movie, but before you le- got to that part, I thought you were going to lean into a bit where he was doing like a one-man Mark Twain thing. And it's like- <laughs> I would, I would pay show. money to see that. Are you forgetting his one-man show, Ice Twain? <laughs> Samuel Langhorn Clemens meets Robert Van Winkle a night with Vanilla Ice as Mark Twain. Uh, but before we can roll into all this madness, Daniel's going to tell us about the delicious beer we'll be drinking during the show. So, in honor of the star of this week's movie, Vanilla Ice, mm-hmm. I brought a vanilla beer. It's another new glory beer, but this is what's called a milkshake, double IPA, double vanilla version. They do a lot of these uh, milkshake IPAs, which uh, usually have lactose. Looks like this one does not have lactose. It just has a whole lot of Madagascar bourbon vanilla. But they do a lot of these where they they usually will throw in a lot of fruit, uh, pineapples, and mangoes, and berries, and things like that. But this vanilla one is actually, this is my favorite one that they've done so this far. This is really smooth and creamy. I like it this. It actually pairs really well with a nice uh, hoppy beer that is we the We did base. a milkshake on a previous episode. I'm not recalling which one it was, but it wasn't vanilla. It's probably another one of these New Glory ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Keep them coming, New Glory. We're doing Cool as Ice today. Why? Because one of our greatest ever darers. You speak her name with reverence. Speaking of benighted. Legend. Legend. Heather Smith dared us this dare. Because you need to drop that zero and get with the hero. But this one might be too awful for any human consumption. The whole movie is a cringe fest. It's like trying to watch The Office's Michael Scott attempt to lead a diversity workshop. If you choose this movie, I cannot be legally held responsible if you roll your eyes so hard in your head that they get stuck. You have been warned. IMDb was much kinder. A rap-oriented remake of The Wild One. <laughs> no. 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 With heavy emphasis on the fact that Vanilla Ice has assumed the Marlon no, Brando again. role. They're just making shit up. <laughs> no, complete nonsense. Not a remake of The Wild One. Other than... Small town motorcycles. Right. That's the only that this otherwise has absolutely no, is an extremely misleading statement. I, IMDb says the heavy emphasis on the fact that Vanilla Ice has assumed the, the fact. Mar- the fact. Listen, it's fact. It is beyond opinion. I just emphasized it. So cool as ice. Cool as ice, baby. Directed by music video veteran David Kellogg. You'd never know, right? Right. I mean, this movie feels like a nonstop. Music video. Veteran of music videos and Playboy Centerfold videos. <laughs> I mean, 
You Unfortunately, would... we get music video David <laughs> Kellogg in this one. Not Playboy Centerfold David Kellogg. Scripted by the great David Sten. Mm. How's that kind of inimitable Sten touch to it? <laughs> it's got a stench. <laughs> Sorry. Vanilla Ice, a.k.a. Rob Van Winkle, as John J- Johnny Van Owen. So you... it's almost like it's really him. Oh, yeah, they gave the van. <laughs> they gave him a van. And he basically is playing himself or like a mm-hmm. a movie version of his public persona, his, right. his character, if you will, Vanilla Ice. Most interesting fact about this movie, cinematographer in yeah. his first major American movie, Janusz Kaminski, shot the film. Two years later, he won the Oscar for Schindler's List. That's mind-blowing. You can't make that, that is shit mind up. mind-blowing. You can't make that shit up. film also stars Kristen Minter. Sure. And Michael Gross, a.k.a. the dad from Family Ties. It was released in North America on 393 screens on October 18, 1991. Grossed $1.1 That seems high. Production budget <laughs> of $6 million. It did not debut in the top 10. It grossed less than the 19th week of Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. That's a seven on Rotten Tomatoes. That this seems movie high. was a, a cultural punchline from the moment that it was released. It was actually an attempt by Vanilla Ice's record label to launch a film division. I, I don't think there were any subsequent <laughs> releases by SBK, who I believe went bankrupt a few, few years later. Richard Harrington of the Washington Post, he reviewed the film. He said... Quote, having established that he can't rap or dance, Vanilla Ice now adds acting to his resume. Call it the tri-imperfecta of pop. Richard Harrington, rather droll. (laughs) Vanilla Ice, that same year, also made a cameo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. He he did receive the Golden Raspberry Award. He was an award winner for this film. Good. Won the Razzie for Worst New Star. Was also nominated for Worst Actor. And the film was nominated for Worst Film, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, and Worst Original Song. Corky. Yeah. I had never seen this movie before we watched it. Had you ever seen it? No, I haven't. I, I, not even I really, successfully stayed away. We've avoided it for the last almost 30 years yes, now. Yes, right. My reaction to the movie, <laughs> and I'm curious if you share this reaction. Like, you know it's going to be bad. Yeah. It's Vanilla Ice doing anything in a movie. It's so you vanilla know it's going to be bad. As Brando in the Wild One remake. This was so much worse <laughs> in so many <laughs> different ways than I expected. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Oh, uh, well, let's be honest, Dan. It's the classic story <laughs> Boy with Marginal Talent co opting black culture meets girl. <laughs> boy with Marginal Talent co opting black culture harasses girl. Sure. Boy with marginal talent co-opting black culture gets lost in a wild array of mm. a film that has no discernible plot <laughs> at all and waste 90 minutes of my life. Absolutely. So 90, 90, 91, 90, 91 minutes right in that range with six music videos interspersed throughout the entire thing is a music video. That's the thing is the movie very accurately. I feel captures what it would be like in 1991 to just watch MTV for 90 minutes straight. Sure. In terms of 
it's a different mood every few minutes in terms of it's a different style every few minutes. Every change in scene, there's a different change in the film's style and in the film's tone. It yeah. just goes on to a new thing all of the time. Except the only thing is, in that 90-minute block, it's all freaking vanilla ice. Yeah. You're not getting anything but no. vanilla ice. There's no palate cleanser <laughs> at all. else, man. He's in almost every scene, isn't he? He really is. And the entire movie is just one music video after another. It is absolutely amazing, and it is just insane. But what I also did not expect, and what I got here, is a boing, boing comedy sound effect yeah kind of a movie yeah which it jumps into almost right away it's all surface level yeah there's like no depth at all to it and he is so disgusting he is it's horrible to look at his face i'll just I, say that right i've now. heard some people review this and say uh vanilla ice can uh, he, he's giving you something he's acting no, no. he is absolutely he is so not gross. he's so charmless he can't even look anyone in the eye he is devoid of personality and he's supposed to be the lead of a movie that people are drawn to why does anybody not find this man repellent he is a preening smirking void on screen he's a nothing who is just will not leave you alone <laughs> so let's get into it so let's dally right away we're right in in a music video we're in a 1991 music video and it's one of those where it's slow motion fast motion yeah it's it's quick cuts they're dancing in some kind of industrial space there's always like a, a fan there's like a big exhaust fan with a spotlight going through look, the fan it looks like the saturday night live music set from 1990 yes. you know there's the big fans industrial but it's always like it's dark in there but they have like gigantic spotlights outside of this someone's, industrial space someone's got a smoke machine somewhere <laughs> just, in this place unless they're just inhaling exhaust from the factory so we got all these quick shots of break dancers. Vanilla Ice is up on stage with Naomi Campbell. Yeah. Who is just lip syncing this really horrible song. You get five solid minutes of this music video. Yes. They, they go through verse, chorus, <laughs> verse. There's no edit to say, give us the good parts. <laughs> you get the whole song. The whole song. Vanilla Ice is there in his kind of his aesthetic of sure. the time. He's mm -hmm. got his really bright, really baggy clothes. He has these like graffiti art <laughs> baggy pants. I mean, so much of what he's wearing is impossible to describe. I've always thought Eminem was the worst dressed white rapper, but Vanilla Ice oh, really gave him a goodness. run for his money. When Eminem went through his baggy sweat do-rag phase in the early 2000s, <laughs> Vanilla Ice really stepped the game up in the early 1990s. So, they're done performing. Bye-bye, Naomi Campbell. You For think Naomi Campbell's sticking was, around? Like, was this a show? Was this a party? I, whatever was, it is was. Is this his job? I don't know. Was it a concert or a party or what was it? Whatever. Uh, is this indentured servitude where they have to perform in this factory? Naomi Campbell's gone. Yes. That's all. The, you had Naomi bye -bye Campbell Naomi singing Campbell, your hook. Right? <laughs> She's just gone now. She's just left, and you will never see her again. He gets the digits from Bobby Brown. Another music video star from <laughs> She's My Cherry Pie. Right. No speaking part. No. Like, Monique. Just She's a, a woman with large breasts who walks up to Vanilla Ice, gives him her number, 555-whatever. <laughs> to which all his pals say, oh, you buggin'. <laughs> so they speed off on motorcycles, right? which... Somehow, Vanilla Ice has changed clothes twice. He changed clothes <laughs> after coming out on stage, walking down a hallway where they had a bunch of dangling light bulbs for some reason. And now he's on the motorcycle. He has also changed clothes again. 
So yeah, they ride out into the country. So we see a shot of like grass, and it's like, okay, we're out in the country now. We're not in the city where all that that hip club that we were just at is. His license plate is from the state of mind. I think they're really trying to lean into like <laughs> you are in no discernible time or place. Oh with my this. god! Right? Yes, this is a fantasy land. So they're riding out in the country, and he sees a woman riding a horse. Well, a young a young woman riding a horse. Yes. She's supposed to be probably what seventeen or eighteen or something like Who that. Who is right? legit twenty eight years old? <laughs> exactly. This is our heroine Catherine, who I instantly dubs Cat. Because he is a pile of garbage. <laughs> now, okay, so here's something I want to talk about with this movie. And I think, I don't know how much of this is Janusz Kaminski. You know these technical terms. Yes. I don't know these technical terms. <laughs> Ice sees her riding the horse. Right. There's kind of like, you you can see that they're looking at each other just because it, it cuts to a shot of her looking at him. Right. Cuts to him looking, you think, at her. Then, he just is instantly jumping the fence yeah. where she's riding her horse by. But the shot is like from underneath. So somebody went through all this trouble to set up laying down on the ground, shooting this horse or this motorcycle jumping up. Nobody got any shots of the motorcycle coming towards the fence <laughs> that he was going to do this thing. It just flies over the fence. So they, what is that? Who does that? Who puts in all the thought and creativity to do that one shot? But nobody's like, you know what? We need to establish that he's going to do this. We need something that will explain how he does it. All of a sudden, there's just a bike flying over a fence. Oh, yeah. No, it's triple X style. It's just, it's, it's that Fast and the Furious where it's sort of like, you know, if you're really, really tough, yeah, the gravity and the laws of you know aerodynamics and things, they, they, they just, don't apply to you. They just showed up on set that day and were like, we got a motorcycle, we got a fence, we got to do Boom. this shot. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get the coverage on the, on the approach. And then, yeah, he just jumps the ramp right in front of the horse, which causes the horse to rear back because, again, it's a loud motorcycle leaping right in front of it. And throws her from the horse. <laughs> so we instantly despise this guy. You, in most movies, you get a meat cute. This yeah. is like a meat hate. <laughs> this is not cute at all. And he actually runs over to her like, oh, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What no. did you expect? No. Like, so they have a little, uh, a little angry flirtation, <laughs> I guess. He's a real douche. She punches him. She, <laughs> she says, what's wrong with you? He says. Nothing till now. You hit pretty good for a girl. This guy's like 25 years old. <laughs> this is literally 25 years old. She gives this. off no, I don't know, favor to him or mm -hmm. any kind. She loads this man. He's like, yeah. Yeah. She she's likes way me. into me. <laughs> like, like, oh, I've done only horrible things to her. Only horrible things. So anyway, they pull into this small town. One of their bikes breaks down. They all start fixing it in the middle of an intersection. And all of these small town rubes are like, what's happened? I mean, it really is kind of a dick thing to just sit in the yeah. middle of a goddamn intersection and just start fixing your fucking bike. And the, the thing, they're all on these bikes. They're being shot from down the block. So that's all ADR dialogue. But all the ADR dialogue is just, <laughs> damn, yo, what up? Bike's tripping. What a hoopty. Bike's tripping again. They had to re-record that. That's... They're just like, Phil. Meanwhile, we're about, what, 15 minutes into the movie now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The drum track has not stopped. It hasn't stopped. It. it is. No, it CNC goes the entire time. Throughout. It just, there's always a song playing, either in the foreground or the background. Yeah. And it's usually a Vanilla Ice song. It's just a syncopated drum track. It's so bad. <laughs> so... As I said, they, they kind of encounter these small town rubes, and there's a running theme that we see right away, which is that any person 
who comes into contact with John Johnny Van Owen, aka Vanilla Ice, aka Rob Van Winkle. They stop dead in their tracks. You might as well hear a screeching sound. Everyone has some kind of an extreme reaction to John, Johnny Van Owen, right? Every single person. It's, it's either horniness. It's fear. It's amazement. Yeah. Wonderment. Shock. It's envy. And you would expect people to have extreme reactions. Just based on his face and clothes and his complete lack of talent and charm and charisma (laughs) and likability. You would expect it, but you would expect it to be more in the contempt, loathing, disgust, boredom, the kind of emotions we were As reflected in the box office of this movie. The extreme reactions that we had (laughs) as the audience member. But no, every single person who sees him, they're riding down the street and like people are in slow motion with Google eyes and Big fish mouths like they cannot fucking believe it. Here's this dude and he's wearing loud clothes and crazy hair. Yeah, parade stop. Every woman who sees him, especially every young woman, kasploosh. (laughs) (laughs) It is slippery when wet, this entire fucking movie. Every single woman, especially Kat. Uh, Yeah. And all he does is horrible things. Inexplicably. Yeah. So there's a holy organic way of meeting the bike mechanics <laughs> they are towing their friend with the broken bike down the street and that just happened to be bike mechanics who run out saying hey you're late something got edited out <laughs> like what the something fuck? got dropped from this movie that made that make sense right like they just run out and they are i don't know their names but they're a couple of of old character actors this is where the movie just veers into what the fuck is happening right because all of a sudden we get this music that is just like and all of a sudden there's cartoon sound effects all the time there's they live in this is like peewee's bike house it's like peewee's mechanic shop crazy painted house with all this weird lawn ornaments and stuff like that they run out they're like hey you're supposed to be here and they're like no whatever my bike's fixed they offer to fix the bike the dialogue is so weird it just doesn't make any sense Yeah. yeah they offer to fix the bike at which point the guy with the Broken bike is like, oh, no, man. (laughs) They just offered to fix your, like, what the fuck are you going to do? The bike is broken. The bike is broken. (laughs) This is your one option. And this is where I noticed that, like, Vanilla Ice and his his gang, they're dressed like steampunk. Like, everybody has gold trimmed (laughs) eyeglasses that are, like, small circles, the gold piping on hats that are too big for them. It's like you would expect them to be pushing an (laughs) air-powered motorbike or something like that with, I don't know, pistols on it or something. So, now we're in, uh, again, new scene, new mood, new style. So, now it's this really weird sequence set to, I mean, just the worst version of sitting here in limbo. That oh the yeah the Jimmy song. Cliff song oh, yeah. my, I mean right God look they so they do a rap version of sitting here in limbo that's not so good but they're all just kind of sitting around waiting for the bike to get fixed one of the dudes in ice in Vanilla Ice's entourage makes a sandwich and it's peanut butter pickles mustard sardines and pineapple and then he eats it humor. <laughs> You get a visual gag. This, that, this is comedy. Yeah, you get a visual gag where there's like salt and pepper shakers in the foreground, so they're big. Then she reaches from them. Guess what? They're really big. Force perspective humor. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, and they're just there will just be shots of people like dancing. 
Yeah. Like we're out in the street and then here's like a shot of somebody just doing a spin in the middle of the street or something. And then cut back to this guy making a crazy sandwich. And guess what? The old people who are uh, really wacky with their stuff, they do not know how to fix this bike. <laughs> no, no. Get ready for this to play out the whole goddamn oh, movie. Oh, my God. So while they're tinkering with the bike, the cat who was riding the horse earlier, she comes uh, driving in the passenger seat of a white Corvette. So white Corvette. In a movie like this, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, like, right. we don't even need to beat the fucking guy. But then he steps out. His clothes are just as fucking insane as Vanilla <laughs> Ice's. This guy is wearing, like, a tweed jacket <laughs> over a polo shirt tucked in uh-huh. to acid wash jeans, white socks, loafers. <laughs> I don't know shit about fashion. But I know that's bullshit right, yeah, right there. Yeah. I don't know a fucking thing, but that's bad. Her boyfriend, I kept wanting to call him Luke Wilson. He looks like Luke Wilson before right. a crash diet. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, uh, Vanilla Ice, John, Johnny Van Owen. Yeah. Being kind of a little stalkerish, just sidles right up to her again. How does he know where she lives? How well, he did, just why? sees her come home. They're, they're, she lives like across the street from the mechanic Is or that something set like up? that. No, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. But she just does. People are just where they, okay. you need them to be. I gotcha. <laughs> so he comes up and is like, hey, you know, basically get with me. He, he does he, a lot of boasting. He and, literally walks up with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I guarantee you no dialogue was written for Vanilla Ice because they're like, he, he, no way he can memorize a fucking no, line. Right, no, just this, do whatever, Vanilla. Yeah, and he, whatever comes naturally. <laughs> he's so unlikable. So he does have one line that is just so good that it has to be scripted. As if he it, takes off, mm. he says, turns around, and he says to Cat, "Words of wisdom: drop that zero and get with the hero." Which her reaction is ecstatic, <laughs> ecstatic. She is so way into it. Yeah. He goes back to the mechanic, and we find out that. He stole her organizer. How? I don't know how. He never even got close to her. He no, they he was never close to her. She didn't have a bag with her. He just now has her black book. <laughs> he just book. has it. And with dialogue like looky looky, I got cat's black bookie. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? These are the rhymes. These are the rhymes. So now we get a fisheye fast forward montage what of domestic bliss this? in Cat's house. Cat's family like setting the table and stuff, but it's like here's the the crazy music video. Here's like uh, come on feel the noise or something like that. Here's yeah. some like goggle-eyed family or something. You know, it's just I think that somebody only brought that lens to the <laughs> house shoots because like later on when they do a shoot with the bad guys coming in the house, it's the same fisheye lens right. that they're talking into the camera. Well, I will say Janus, like he brings every tool in his kit indiscriminately i was thinking that he's like i gotta fucking do something here he saw this as like okay this is gonna be my little my little like playhouse now like this is my train set and i'm just gonna see what i can fucking do right yeah like i'm this is training day for me man like he saw the talent on set and he's like i gotta bring the big guns okay I'm I'm using every camera trick. I'm using every lens possible. Yeah. I'm using every everything in the kit. I'm going for it. And that's why this movie feels nuts. <laughs> so we have the fisheye lens uh, domestic bliss scene. And it's all leading up to this news presentation that Cat is on. Yes. Cat. <laughs> breaking news. We're going to cut away from the presidential debate for a breaking story. We're going to talk to a 28-year-old high school senior. 
Who's apparently good at school. And what is the story? Girl is good girl. <laughs> this is on the news? Like, she's just there with her, her her horse talking about how much she loves her parents. She's doing yes. <laughs> it, Breaking news. Story. Horse girl loves dad. <laughs> dad, of course, is Michael Gross, a.k.a. Stephen Keaton. Yes. Dad from Family Ties. Uh, shaved, clean, clean shaved. He's got a very kind of, uh, button down. He's, uh, he, he seems very repressed. He seems like a bit of a hard ass. Right. One of the, a protective dad. Yes. Protective dad. And he kind of hides his face while he's on TV. And I guarantee, pull him in. I guarantee goddamn to you that was Michael Gross's actor's choice. That was not directed. They didn't have an idea that that was going to tie in, but he knew it in the game. <laughs> he like, he's giving all he can. It's just, when we find out the story behind his character, what story, dude? <laughs> but when we find out, yeah, it's insane that he would even be, be on a, camera, yes. even just like with his fingers over his face. It's not like they, he's named, and his daughter's named Dan. That's not anywhere near as crazy as two guys in a bar or a guy in a bar sees this on TV. <laughs> Why is this being broadcast in other cities? Right. This like, local right. girl is good at school and this loves This goes dad. to the big city. This is broadcast elsewhere, and this guy catches it at a bar. Story went viral. He's like yelling at the bar, shut the fuck up. This girl's good at school. <laughs> Kat realizes that Johnny stole her organizer, and she is utterly delighted. Yeah. She is so like, oh, like she, she's like. As though that's some kind of like a flirtation move and she should, she's just like, yeah. But it's her, Dan, it's her organizer with, quote, all her scholarship papers. <laughs> all her scholar. Do you not need those? <laughs> she just rolls with them in her organizer that apparently takes with her riding horses <laughs> and with her boyfriend. She has a little brother named Tommy and her boyfriend, Nick, hates Tommy, Ooh, Tommy. as do we all. Oh boy, I think we all hate Tommy. So remember the mechanics, the derp, 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 derp mechanics. So we're back with them now. L- again, literal cartoon sound effects. Yeah. Uh, everything is just crazily. Ge- I think this is where they, they've basically disassembled the entire bike. Yeah. And just laid it out. The mechanic is playing old Charlie Cheswick's cards. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at that guy. I never see him not say that from yes. Cuckoo's Nest. The, uh, the two, the, he's one of the guys from Cuckoo's Nest and Dodie from uh, Greece. Yeah. That that's the couple that's fixing the bike, and their improv is probably the worst thing <laughs> about this movie. It's, bad. There's there's one point when like an improv you're supposed to never deny anybody. He just <laughs> denies the shit out of her because he, if he's, I, he's like, like enough, no, no, don't, do, no, we're done. <laughs> yeah, everything is just very bright, very loud, and very garish. Uh, Vanilla Ice decides he's going to go visit Cat again. Now, Vanilla Ice is now wearing. This black leather jacket, yeah, that is like twelve sizes too big for him, and he's a tall dude. Yeah, he's like six feet tall or something like that. Right. It has graffiti all over it. He's wearing baggy pants that also have graffiti all over it. Yeah, tall hair. The sculpted shaving in his head is sort of like bricks, like a brick on wall. one side. On okay, on one side, and then it's like looping zigzags looping on another zigzags. side and yeah. it's all like four four inches at least above yeah. his head he looks like if dice clay was raised at hot topic <laughs> right you know what i mean yes. that's what he looks that's his aesthetic because he wears that leather jacket with all the words on it yeah with overall shorts <laughs> yes. and it's just a so juicy shirt 
<laughs> and do not forget the omnipresent oversized Gautier sunglasses. Oh, God, yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. But he, all this time, like, it's these complicated shots for the worst dialogue. For nothing. They set like, up all these like we're gonna walk across the street. Yeah, there's one well composed shot where it's got action in the background, people sitting there, and then he walks in the foreground. It's like, wow. And you did that all for him to go, <laughs> yep, yep. And then turn around and walk away. <laughs> but he decides he's gonna go visit Kat and his posse asks him, Where are you going? He says that he is, quote, going across the street to schling a schlong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line that earned him worst new actor, Razzie. That's the line. I'm telling you, nothing was written for him. He thought of that and was like, that's money. Going to go across the street to schling a schlong. Anyway. The jacket he's wearing has words all over it. And on the back, it says down by law, which is apparently from the Jarmusch line of clothing. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, what the fuck is happening? Jarmusch animals. Just a huge Roberto Benigni fan. That's all. That's all. (laughs) One of the words on his jacket is just sex. So he comes to the door because he wants to schling a schlong, remember? Yep. So he knocks on the door. You can't schling a schlong from across the street. You just. Mom, Kat's mom, mm-hmm. answers the door and yep. she is obviously very disapproving. I mean, who would not be? Tommy, remember Tommy? Her little eight, nine year old, 10 year old uh, little brother. Is he precocious? As I remember, I was saying that every young woman who sees Vanilla Ice has an orgasm like right. right there yeah they have nothing on tommy no <laughs> tommy opens the door his the first thing he says just seeing johnny van owen standing on the porch wow <laughs> his eyes are so wide he cannot believe what he is seeing yeah and he's te- basically telling her where cat is at cat's yeah. not there but he's like go go sugar to the shack. sugar shack go see cat as the door is closing we hear tommy say Whoa. <laughs> Vanilla Ice did not do anything. No motorcycle tricks. No nothing. Just the sight of him. It's Tommy, true. like, this is Flick and the fucking <laughs> pneumatic tube. Tommy found his kink, man. Tommy <laughs> Tommy realized himself at that moment. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy at 14 scrolling words on his jacket. Tecmo beating off. football was not going to cut it for Tommy anymore. <laughs> So Tommy is just madly in love. Yes. So these members only jacket creeps. So we don't know who these guys are yet. Yeah. This is a guy who saw a news report. Now he's got a, a henchman. They're coded him. as bad. They're coded as bad. They're we bad see guys. the we see the jackets. You think gangster, right? Yeah. That's what you're kind of being led to believe. But they're just standing outside. They the are house. parked out front of this house. <laughs> you can I mean, see them from the right in front, front of the house. window, leaning on the car, having a very product placement snack yeah. with diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is their plan? I don't know. It makes no sense. They parked in front of this house all day, sat on the hood, and ate as a stakeout. <laughs> Just a stakeout, where they can be seen from the front window. Where they are, in fact, seen from the front window. He takes off to go to the sugar shack to find Cat. They say, let's go back and pay our friend a visit at the dock. I Ooh, who is that? Jesus, I didn't even catch that. I know I did see one of the guys barf out all his food while he tried to say a line, and the other guy improvs. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
it's magic. Keep it. Keep it. We're good. So the Sugar Shack is basically this small town club full of squares playing their square music and in square clothes. And in comes Vanilla Ice and he's cool. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. Nobody has ever seen anybody like Vanilla Ice in his career before. And again, every time he moves, every head in the place turns. And I was trying to figure out the roles of Vanilla Ice's crew. (laughs) Apparently, there's two DJs because Vanilla Ice is like, I'm going to go check out the mic. And one guy goes, I'm going to check out the turntables. The other guy goes, I'm going to go check them out too. <laughs> like one guy's apprentice DJ. <laughs> so at this club, the band on stage, oh man. They're, it's it's trying like to- identical twins are doing back to back guitar part. Yeah. And then there's some kind of 70s disco dude lead it's singer. It's trying to be like a talking heads, irreverent cover of Sly Stone's Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself. Right. But it's not good. It's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, Nick, the douchebag, that's Kat's boyfriend. He's there, but he's drunk. He's mm. drunk. So um, we cut back from this scene back to the dad. Back to the dad. The gunmen now show up at the door. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what? I don't know what their plan is. They, 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 they've sat outside his house all day, yes. and they were obviously seen. They've talked to people. There are witnesses to them at this location. Then they went somewhere else. Then they went to go see their friend at the dock. But they came back. They came back, and now it's nighttime. They're talked to the guy at the front door, and they're like, they call him Jimmy. Jimmy. And Michael Gross delivers a line, I'm not Jimmy. I'm Gordon Winslow. <laughs> As you do when someone comes to your door. Absolutely. But they shake him down. There's something involving some old business, some money that they think he took, and they give him 24 hours to come up with the money. $500,000. So now we cut back to the club. Vanilla Ice, he can't take it anymore. This music is not cool enough for Vanilla Ice. Yeah. So he unplugs all the musical equipment, then pulls out a microphone that is plugged in, and just starts doing... An absolutely atrocious hip hop cover of Sly and the Family Stones. Thank you for letting me be myself again. And again, you get verse, chorus, verse. They do the whole song. <laughs> we get the whole. He smolders. Song. She splooshes. He drags her through the wet slime. I'm sorry, that's gross. <laughs> Pretty he, much though. He drags honestly. her onto the dance floor and commits a feigned sexual assault. Yeah, he she gets her, her Courtney Cox at uh, the Bruce Springsteen show moment. Only it's Vanilla Ice literally throwing you on the ground and humping you. Yes, it's it's it's. I would not be want to be thrown on a dirty dance floor and have this man. I've barely known no. who has committed larceny by stealing from me yeah dry hunt me on a dance floor but she is ecstatic you've met him three times now i think or two times they have not gone well no <laughs> the first time he threw her from a horse when he jumped a motorcycle in front of it for no fucking I reason mean, people di- i've seen sea biscuit people second die from time that. he insulted her boyfriend and stole her property yes with her scholarship papers <laughs> third time Yank her onto a dance floor, throw her on the ground, and gyrate on top of her. She loves it. She wants to marry this she man. She is so into it, as is every single woman in the club, of course. And not just every woman. You're right with the whole Tommy fixation. All the people in the dance club Well, it's love like one them. of those things where as soon as his music comes on, there's literally people sleeping in the club, and they all <laughs> start right. waking up like, what's this? Rhythms? I forgot. Oh. So the nerds all start gyrating and stuff. Vanilla Ice actually says... Right before the song starts, he says, I'm going to drop some funky lyrics. Mm -hmm. And he does not make good on that promise. But yeah, the nerds start gyrating. The lyrics are so fucking 
basic as fuck. It's it, just misogyny. Boast, he's the worst. Misogyny boast. He's, he's really bad. He's really bad. Uh, so here's I. I disagree with the the critic you read at the beginning because one thing Vanilla S can do, he can dance. And he can dance because he's, I would say he's an athlete. Yeah. That's why he can dance. He he's can hop tall, a- he's lanky, he's athletic. He can hop around. Yeah. You, he doesn't really have rhythm. He's been taught steps uh-huh. and he can do those steps. Yeah. He cannot rap. He started, apparently, I did a little research on our friend when Apparently, he started as somebody at a club who was like an, an opener at a club. Yeah. He was just the club guy. He would just go up on stage and do these kind of athletic dances and stuff. And, and eventually like, started doing some- Hey, there's a white guy. Basic ass rapping. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like a hip hop club. So, when some touring act would come in, he was the guy- who was performing when nobody was at the club yet. You know, (laughs) he wasn't even the opening act. Really. He was just the opener at the club. He was the ground Chuck of early 1990s hip hop. (laughs) Sacramento reference. You won't get it. She's delighted. She is. She is loving it. Nick is not happy with this betrayal of his trust. No. And Nick goes from douchebag, bad dresser, ignoring Tommy to full violently abusive, demanding sex boyfriend. Yes. He yanks her out to the car. He reams her out. He calls her a slut. He yanks her out to the car past the only two previous black residents of this town who are dressed like Camp Lowe (laughs) or 1930s sharecroppers, and they are just agog at this whole event. (laughs) It's the weirdest shot in this whole movie full of weird shots. And what's also amazing is that it's it's basically, you know, we talked about like the competing moods and the styles of this movie. So this suddenly turns into this domestic violence yeah. drama scene. And yet the entire time, <laughs> you can actually hear Vanilla Ice rapping yeah. under this scene while it is happening. Yeah. While this dude is reaming out his girlfriend for flirting with <laughs> Vanilla Ice. So, again. That's all David Sten. I'm <laughs> that, giving no credit to you, David Kellogg. No. This is Sten. This is Sten magic. It's got a stench all over it. So she starts walking home from the club. Vanilla right. has sped off on his motorcycle. Most scenes end with Vanilla Ice speeding off on a motorcycle. Yeah. So she's coming home. This car is creeping up on her. We get the idea that it's the the criminals, the bad guys from before, our members only guys. We still don't know who they are. The street cleaner is driving down the road, and you think it's going to spray her, but for the first time that night, Cat doesn't get wet when Vanilla Ice is around. (laughs) Thank you! Slam dunk. Nailed it. But this car starts creeping up on her. It's coming up right behind her, right behind her. We know it's the bad guys. Suddenly, Vanilla Ice zooms, speeds in. Get on the motorcycle. Get on, get on. She gets on. He does a wheelie, and they speed off. The car does not follow. (laughs) He drops her off at home. If only we had a motorized way of conveyance to chase them. How are we ever going to catch up? No, (laughs) No chance. So he drops her back off at home, and they have a little more flirtation. No mention of the car that... He knew it was so dangerous that she had to leave right away. Like, there's no mention of this anymore? No. No. That never gets referenced again. I guarantee you, nobody thought of that on the day or anything. They're like, don't think about what scene follows this scene. Yeah. And we have uh, what I would call the ice foo scene. (laughs) He goes full on roadhouse on these guys. Uh, Nick who is who's very taking very I've never swung a bat before in my life swings at his mo- at a motorcycle. Yeah, he's smashing him and his douchebag friends, Nick Nick the douche and his douche friends are 
smashing up motorcycles. They yeah. think it's Vanilla Ice's, but it's actually his his crew. And that, and that's the thing. This movie is has to idolize Vanilla Ice so much. He couldn't even have his bike smashed. Yeah, like he can't be that vulnerable. No, no, no. Like he would just leave his bike there to be smashed, right? Like, <laughs> like some idiot. Like the bike wouldn't have a force field around it. Yeah, no, right. Or people people so in awe of people him, would just they would know not to. They, they would make a chain around it so nobody could smash it. <laughs> But yeah, don't worry, everyone. Johnny's fine. He and Johnny's bike is fine. Yeah, so guys. they have a fight. So uh, for Nick swings at him with a bat. Ooh, Vanilla Ice. He may be we an athlete. We said he was an athlete, yeah. but he is not a fighter, man. No. This is the slowest goddamn fight. Like, fucking tell- Telly Savalas and fucking Kojak. <laughs> would fucking, like, he's so slow. He it's tries so to slow. do some Enter the Dragon shit, too, where he like puts an elbow in some guy's chest and then hits his fist. He, like, wow slowly it's, dispatches them one at a time methodically yeah. as you do in a street fight and much like everybody else in this movie that's talented around vanilla ice they are giving it their hundred and hundred percent because they have to so like he lightly swings at a guy the guy does three flips in the air to fall down <laughs> they're trying they're, they're trying, trying to, to make sell it look it. good but oh man he looks so awkward in these yeah. fight scenes he has two fight scenes and they're both just brutally bad was so we, for, we forgot to mention that when cat comes home of course family ties dad was oh, there right. watching her and she comes in and he kind of questions her on who is this guy because he saw vanilla ice talking with the criminals mm-hmm. earlier <laughs> when he was asking about the <laughs> sat outside his house for nine hours <laughs> yes. eating and then surprised him yeah <laughs> eight hours later <laughs> Family Ties Dad questions Cat a little bit. <laughs> Family Ties Dad is like, don't worry, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Mom and Dad are literally sitting in the dark. <laughs> They're just sitting in the dark looking worried. And he's like, honey, everything's fine, okay? <laughs> like, everything's fine. So this now goes to a mont. This, oh, this scene is just amazing. She hears her parents fighting. Oh, yeah. So we get all this like montage shots of her like in bed and it's really dark and she's like brooding and worrying and things like that. Then it smash cuts to she's in bed and it's daytime. Yeah. We just see a a close up on her face while she's sleeping and water droplets drop on her mouth and then an ice cube is shoved into her mouth. Yeah. Vanilla ice is laying in bed next to her. He has broken into her house. The woman he's talked to three times. Yeah. One time stealing her property, one time committing animal abuse. One time saving her from- One time rescuing her from- (laughs) We don't know. Bad guys that are never discussed again between them. (laughs) But he's just in her freaking bed now. Is she horrified? Is she even just like unnerved a little bit? She's way- way into it she's so happy that she's there so jamming goddamn ice cubes in her mouth as soon as she wakes up for the fuck's sake he brought her organizer back though yeah and so she's like oh oh she's feeling charmed by that so he tries to goad her into getting after chasing her around he goes her into getting naked who busts in tommy (laughs) tommy busts in and is just like oh my god yes you're plowing my sister that's awesome (laughs) he says he wants to go out on a motorcycle ride with johnny yeah which come on (laughs) subtext though thinly veiled subtext (laughs) i would say uh and he says can we do it quote as soon as you're done making sex 
Tommy. Tommy. That's Tommy. Tommy the small <laughs> child. So Vanilla Ice is like, uh, Tommy, Tommy ruined my rape, you know, kind of vibe there. Yeah. Like I'm not, not, I'm not feeling too into it this as, anymore. You know, his his tacit approval makes it not sexy for me anymore. Uh so he takes off out the window again. This is one of those She uh, flops on the bed sexually frustrated. This is another one of those where they show him go to the window to go out then they cut to outside the drapes aren't disturbed there's not there was no there was no cohesion of him on the outside check going all right come through the window there no really it's just like no, now you're outside whenever the movie like changes location <laughs> there's no cohesion to what happened before it there never is he jumps out the window a 360 degree shot it's, as he stands up like one of those kind of michael bay bad boys yes, kind of shots where it's like yes. low angle it's 360 degree around him but then kabloosh Sprinklers come on. Yeah. He runs, jumps out onto the street by his motorcycle, at which point we get another 360-degree shot. That's the thing. These shots are so lovingly composed on Villa, Vanilla Ice, and he's giving nothing, no. but they still take a goddamn minute. He's just standing there. Yeah. But she decides she wants some of that Johnny Van Owen. So she takes off with him on the motorcycle. So this starts a motorcycle montage. Of all the bad music videos, oh. this, because of the song, yes. it's, it's when it started, I said, is this a goddamn love song? <laughs> yes. It's one of those early 90s hip hop love ballads. Yeah, I saw you and I wanted your butt. Uh what we're gonna get nut yeah all right <laughs> it's so fucking bad it gets real deep it gets yeah, right. real deep and in this scene they they basically drive out to some construction site just no, after they drive <laughs> this date that they go on this is an amazing date. is a con- your standard construction site sure salt flats yes. horse pasture yep. date absolutely i've done all three on a date yeah not on the same date, but I, you're not Vanilla Ice. I've visited the salt flats, gone to the horse pasture, then gone back to the salt flats, went back to the construction site, played a little peekaboo around right. a house with no drywall. Why not? So, the, yeah, it's this construction site where it's just sort of, like I said, no drywall. It's just kind of the bare wooden outlines of the house and stuff. Yeah. And they are doing the frolicking where it's like... The camera is is the person, and they're they're running and getting chased by the camera, and then they're chasing the camera, and yeah. they're chasing each other back and forth, and it's slow motion and everything. And this gets intercut with them having their deep conversation. She asks him, where are you from? He says, around. <laughs> she says, around? And he says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 this is... And he's climbing on the beams of the construction site. He's goofing around. And he actually says the most ironic line ever to come out of Elias's mouth. If you ain't true to yourself, you ain't true to nobody. <laughs> the most false person oh, yeah. ever in the world saying that. As he like, says shit like, what's it like? What? Having parents. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did he was he just a spore that generated out of some fucking hot topic ground? What is that backstory? And then my 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 absolute favorite part of this whole movie. This is how f- slipshod this movie is. He's like, "What did you want to ask me?" And she's like, "No, nah, it doesn't matter." He's like, "No, seriously, what did you want to ask me?" She's like, "Really, it doesn't matter." Cut to them at another location. What what? What? Heavily influenced by the French New Wave. Clearly. I can't convey so, how ridiculous. Style 
So bad. So we get another big kiss. We get a big kiss between them. Another 360 degree shot. I was watching this movie with my girlfriend. Okay. And when they go to kiss, my girlfriend goes, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> she, she visibly shuddered. That's that's she had to get very drunk on set that day. <laughs> it was something in the coffee on that day. They never stop for food in any unless they ate the horse. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> they might as well. They start goofing around with the horse. More animal abuse here. He gets on backwards. He like slaps it and it rears off and runs away she remembering now it. that yeah she chases off after it he's like it's like fuck it <laughs> remember horses are this girl's entire life up until she saw this jerk yeah yesterday everything is horses she was on the news because of her love she of was horses. on the news for horses viral everything is horses and she just sees this guy abuse a horse and she's like oh <laughs> I will say they still had more sexual chemistry than Anastasia Steele and Christian Grey. Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. There's a lot of just frolicking in the grass and chasing in the grass and frolicking in the desert and dancing. See, and doing this all is sorts where the guy's Playboy centerfold shoots really came in. It's yeah, like right. he knows how to spin a camera around someone <laughs> in a moment. Not tell a story, but just capture that surface level moment. He's a music video director. Yes. You know, he can... Do three minutes worth of, of cinema and, and patch it together. But ah, this is a 90-minute movie with interlacing storylines and shit like that. Barely. This was also the point in this movie, because this scene, this whole sequence is just bananas insane. Yeah. And it's just so... This is where I kind of thought, like, it's sort of amazing this movie exists. Right. Yeah. It's sort of an amazing miracle. I hated this movie and I hated watching it, but I'm glad it exists. Because... You know, like Elvis made a bunch of movies. Uh, Dave Clark Five made a movie. A lot of if you're a, a big star, you might make a movie. They're Britney Spears in. made yeah. a movie. All oh, this yeah, other yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Vanilla Ice is a flash in the pan. He just took the baseline from Under Pressure and then did MC Hammer dance moves over it. Yeah, he has no talent at all. But there's no Macarena guys movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no Will Hung movie. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah, there's no Cisco movie. There's not even an NKOTB movie, and those guys had a much better career than Vanilla yeah, Ice did. That's a good goddamn point. But yeah, damn it, there's Vanilla Ice in in his prime in a movie in a dramatic role, basically playing himself. Vanilla Ice now has a career as a, a reality star contractor. Yeah, and I think I think it's on this film when frolicking around a construction site that he fell in love. With carpentry. But I think, yes. <laughs> this is Vanilla story. Ice being a construction contractor was like the most obvious career path for the man. I think that was inevitable. Out like, of all what happened. Did they drug test? No. Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So, finally, mercifully, this date ends. And we have the long-awaited uh, Rob Van Winkle, Michael Gross showdown scene. The Pacino De Niro heat scene. <laughs> this is it. Family Times Dad reams them out on the front porch. On the front porch, he thinks that Vanilla's with the gunman. He threatens him. 
there's a lot of like weird similarities to the John Mahoney storyline and say anything. I was thinking that same thing. Cause it's just out of fucking nowhere and, and it's I so thi- against what the whole movie is doing. I was thinking that because there's a scene later on where the dad explains everything to Catherine and he finally tells him that like, no, he was a good guy. But before that you would never, you would think he was a corrupt cop. Like he did wrong right. before that. And I think that was the original intent to do the say anything. John Mahoney was, he did wrong in that movie. Yeah. And I think, and she sees that her dad's not infallible. I think that was a point. And then they're like, no, he, dad's got to be good too. That's got to be good too. <laughs> Fucking insane. So we go back to the garage. Yeah. Back to the garage. Do, uh, fisheye lens. We're back to the fisheye lens. Do we get an old lady hip hopping scene? Candy Clark breakdancing and hip hopping. No! You better believe it. Yay! You better believe it because it's funny because of comedy. But then it goes, bam, cut back to Cat. And her and family ties that are having a very serious conversation. A shot that starts on a fishbowl. <laughs> That's right. We have not seen a fishbowl at any point during this movie. Suddenly the fishbowl is like the center of attention for like the next half hour of this movie. Start on the fishbowl. We pan over and we see Michael Gross and Kat having a very serious conversation where he's explaining the entire thing. Corky, do you want to handle this or what? I was thankful for this scene because it was finally just some a decent acting. It was finally something that I could watch. I mean, Michael Gross is a real actor. Yeah, That's exactly. the thing. He can sit down, and he has basically a monologue here. Yeah, and so it was like, okay, finally, some uh, words of dialogue that make sense <laughs> in relation to each other in the scene and the feeling. But basically, again, we, we've not understood what is this, who are these people after oh, him. Right, no. We don't know all this stuff. He lets it out. He was a cop. Yes. We kind of think maybe he was like a mob lawyer or something like that. He was a cop. Yeah. Crooked cop? No. Good cop. He's square. He calls himself a square cop. But his partner was crooked. Partner was crooked. So he ratted on the partner. He was put into, his wife was pregnant. Yeah. And he was put into the witness protection program. So, okay. The witness protection program. This is the one aspect of this movie that has a story and it barely has a fucking story. It's as surface level as everything else. Because this guy who is, as he says, in the witness relocation program, Mm -hmm. brought his daughter up under these assumed identities. He sees these bad men from his past outside his house all day. He does not call his handler. Nothing. He never calls anybody. Nope. Doesn't make any plans to leave. Doesn't make any plans to get them their money. Does he nothing. does nothing. Does nothing. And he was a cop. Yeah. And went into the witness relocation a program. Cop. Not just some stooly piece of shit. Not some milk toast Ivy League guy who's scared. He was a cop. A literal cop. And he ran at the first sense of danger <laughs> and is now saying, I'm not doing nothing about it. But he is going to tell Kat and basically tell us. Yeah. So he unloads his whole backstory. And she is pissed off. Because he tells her, stay away from Johnny. Right. Because he thinks Johnny's with him, but she and doesn't believe it. Somehow he knows that they, he's staying with the people up the street. But yeah. That's never set up or anything. No. How, how does he know? I have no. Okay. Who knows? Anyway. 24 hours have <laughs> gone by, by the way. The 24-hour deadline has not been met. No. Yeah, we've had at least 24 hours. <laughs> These crooks, I don't know what their fucking plan is. But dad's doing nothing to fix the situation. He's just blabbing. More nope. blabbing. Yep. Hey, dad, that's what got you in trouble in the first place, buddy. Loose lips. Come he's, on. He's stressed and he's scared, but he's not too scared to wear cardigans. <laughs> never. He will never. button up a cardigan. So she comes out the next morning kind of not believing or, or sort of having doubts about Johnny. Sure. 
She walks out her door. It's like eight in the morning. Yep. Who is sitting right there? Right fucking in there. In front of her house on his motorcycle. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny, the weird stalker. Here's a question. One date you had, and then you're outside her freaking house at 8 a.m.? How old is Johnny? How old is Johnny? How old is this man who goes around from industrial factory to industrial factory performing? <laughs> yeah. With a crew of ragtag misfits riding motorcycles. <laughs> How old is he that he's outside this high school senior's door? Yeah, at eight in the morning. Eight in, I mean, after breaking into her house, first and thing in the morning, jabbing ice in her mouth. <laughs> it's just shoving ice in her mouth. This is a crime in any. I don't care if you're in the state of mind. Yeah, his behavior gets increasingly disgusting and increasingly assaultive throughout the movie. And the more horrible he is, the more she loves it, man. And here's the thing. We found out Nick was an asshole because he was making or trying to demand Catherine do things she didn't want to do. Yeah. At least Johnny's the nice guy who makes demands she chooses between him and her father. <laughs> they have a great... All the dialogue is just be people basically saying words to each other. Yeah. It's, it's just sort of like someone said, okay, I need to write certain amount of words here because the movie needs to be X minutes long. It's really Vanilla Ice just going, yep, yep, or mm, is that so? She refuses a date with him and he says... You're too busy doing what needs to be done. Huh? <laughs> he does that a lot where he'll ask a question and go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's just fucked up. So he gets all huffy. He rides off. Another motorcycle montage. All these quick cuts and changes in direction. Long shot. Close shot. 360 degree shots, of course. Meanwhile, she's riding with her rich girlfriends who all say, take Nick back. Oh, that scene is funny as hell. Take him back. They are fucking dragging her in the car on the way to school, being like, oh, Nick will never take her back, not after what she did to him. Who, <laughs> Cat? Cat's a fucking slut. It's like, Horrible person. They almost the hit her. <laughs> but yeah, they're reaming her because uh, she's not with her abusive boyfriend. The one, the previous abusive yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, the previous abusive yeah, boyfriend. Try to keep them straight. So now we get these cuts back and forth where they're just brooding. Yeah, they're, it's the music video about your lost love now, and so they're just kind of brooding and looking out windows. Uh, she's looking at her her fishbowl. Fish Nobody has that many fish in a fishbowl. And who shows up? Tommy. Hey, Tommy's got a crazy vanilla ice haircut now. Tommy. Tommy has the most. Although I hate fucking Tommy with a passion. Yeah. He has. Yep, yep. He has <laughs> the most prescient line in the whole movie because he says, "You and Cat were being mean, or something like you and Cat were being mean to each other." And then at my school, that means a girl likes you, and it's so perfect because that's the level their relationship that's about is on. Where it's, at, yeah. it's it's school ground. Will you go with me? Check this box. And that's why I broke into her bed. Yeah, and that's why I punched her because I like her. I was just thinking biodome. What about biodome? Biodome also is sexual assault as a. Oh uh, yeah prelude to a loving relationship until they can turn down the women and be like no no we know we <laughs> assaulted you on their first night here we have girlfriends <laughs> so he takes tommy for a ride they <laughs> see nick who has like a big bandage over his nose remember because uh johnny punched him out and they both flip him off um we also cut back to mechanic again and there's just more there's just more like music video stuff they're goofing with a blowtorch they're dancing in the middle of the street they had nothing to do with these people they, had, just, they were just like just shoot a bunch of shit and we'll just cut we it into the movie here and there the yeah we need we, we'll need stuff to fill out the movie basically 
So they come back to Kat's house. Johnny. This is Vanilla Ice and Tommy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tommy comes back and drops off. Johnny comes back and drops off Tommy. Yeah. And I would have loved to see Michael Gross at the door like, uh, are you dating all my fucking kids? <laughs> <laughs> I told you to stay away from one and now you go to the other. So Tommy goes into the house to play video games. Johnny is about to drive off. Then he decides, no, I'm going to go break in Kat's window again. What he does f- it again. Yeah. And he goes to her fishbowl, which is suddenly the very important fishbowl, remember, mm-hmm. and drops a ring. And I don't even remember them giving a ring. When would the ring come in? She gave him a ring like the first night they actually, oh, at the Sugar Shack. Okay. And she says, uh, he's like, what's this for? And she's like, so you know me from Monique. She's really hung up on this Monique thing. Yeah, right. And he's like, I would always know you. Or something like that. That's beautiful. Right? It's just beautiful. I, that's when I jerked off. That other woman I'm plowing, she means nothing. <laughs> nothing. You, you high school the senior? The woman I broke into her house. Yeah. But we do find out after- But he throws the ring in the fishbowl. Yes, right. He throws and speeds the, off again. And then we find bad guys break into the house. <laughs> yeah. Tommy is in the house. He hears some noises. And <laughs> the crooked cops have now broken into the house. What's funny is- What they, is their plan? They come in and they're like, Tommy, wh- why aren't you at Little League? <laughs> why did you break into the house? That's the real question. Like, yeah. Because they kidnapped Tommy and yeah. they're now going to hold Tommy ransom. What was their point in coming? Then why did they come to the house? Like They seem shocked to see him. This is ridiculous. But yeah, Tommy's the only one there. So there's this big chase around the house. Tommy gets dragged off by the kidnapping. Another fisheye lens scene where the, the poor actors have to yell. Jack McGee and this other guy have to yell into the fisheye lens as if it's Tommy. It's bad. Cat comes home. Uh, she sees that like the video game's on. Tommy's nowhere to be seen, and this is uh, a lot of red flags just she all over the place. She was supposed to pick Tommy up, but he wasn't at practice. Wasn't at practice. She sees that he's obviously been at home, but is nowhere to be found. But she's just so hung up on Johnny Van Owen that she just slumps down. She goes to her fishbowl, and she sees the ring in the fishbowl. What I love, this is the best part of the movie right here. So she sees that there's a ring in the fishbowl. She goes to reach in for it. She pats the surface of the water. Like a cat would. <laughs> like a literal cat would. He has not she only... She pats the surface before dipping her paw in. Cat is not just a nickname. <laughs> Johnny Van Owen has put her under a spell where she assumes... He's the- got some Island of Dr. Moreau shit going on now. <laughs> I'm going to turn her into a little cat just with my mind. She licks her wrist and rubs her forehead afterwards. <laughs> So the bike is fixed. But you know why? Because Vanilla Ice demanded it be so. He just do it. God damn it. He assembled the pieces with his mind. They're ready to go. Everyone's ready to go. But no, Vanilla is bugging. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Quote, bugging. He's bugging. So we get more brooding cuts back and forth between them. Vanilla gets a pep talk from his friends basically saying, go and talk to her. At least go say goodbye. He goes to knock on the door as well. The most random part of the movie. He knocks on the door and there's a needle scratch. (laughs) Once he knocks, it goes. We've had all these other sound effects with like someone pulling out a gun and it goes like whoop. Something like expected sound effects. Yeah. Knocking on a door with a needle scratch. We've seen Tommy get kidnapped the scene prior and now we're doing needle scratches as door knocks. (laughs) Right. Find a fucking tone. So. They have another confrontation, him and the dad, him yep. and Cat. He says, you still doing what daddy says, huh? Piece of shit. But he found a note. He gives it to him. 
It's an audio tape from the kidnappers. When was this delivered? Don't know. That uh, makes no fucking sense. No idea. When was it even recorded? Right. They they didn't expect to have Tommy at the place. But it's clearly Tommy reading from a script written by the kidnappers, basically saying, pay up or I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, Douchebag Nick comes in. Douchebag Nick. Remember Douchebag Nick and his broken nose? He comes in, immediately fingers Johnny because... He saw Johnny on the motorcycle with Tommy. And the, Nick's delivery of that line is like, he was on by the mall by, um, what's that street? Grove Street. That actor went for it. I have an idea. He doesn't really remember the street, but he's going to say a street. <laughs> oh, my God. But Cat defends Johnny and actually goes to Johnny and asks him to help. This is, okay, of all the batshit crazy things in this movie, oh, this right here where... Th- the man has this, Tommy's been kidnapped. There's a tape saying he's going to die. Their fight is about her seeing Johnny still. It still is about vanilla ice. Yes. The dad is just content to sit in the living room and do absolutely fucking nothing. Knowing his child has been kidnapped and and uh, forced to make a tape saying, guys, they're going to kill me, guys. <laughs> But Johnny listens to the tape, and because Johnny is (laughs) great at everything. Catherine says, no, and then grabs the tape and runs down the street, I guess, wherever the the mechanics are living, gives them the tape to listen to. I thought Deezer D was going to crack this case, because you can't put nothing by Deezer D. He's one of the DJs, I think. Vanilla Ice listens to it, though, and again, Vanilla cannot be topped. He hears a sound. Here's a sound. Sounds like a construction sound. What is that sound? The construction site! Where we went on our date. Boom! So the whole gang now rides to the construction site. They get there. They park. The The criminals are up in a vantage point where they appear to be five or six stories above the ground looking down yes. on these people as they come in and kind of looking at them through binoculars. The motorcycle gang, all four of them on their bikes and cats on the back of uh, Vanilla's bike, they ride in, they stop in the middle of the construction site. It's dark, remember? They look around for like a few seconds and Cat's like, let's give up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we didn't find him right away the first time. So my brother is just lost. He's dead to us now. (laughs) She is her father's daughter, man. She's ready to leave. She will leave at the first sign. So... They take off. The the crooked cops are now goofing around with Tommy and waving oh, their flashlights everywhere. Oh, I love this. But then all of a sudden they hear, what's that noise? The improv Do you hear scene a noise? is amazing. What? Huh? What's that noise? And then suddenly the bikes just fly through the wall. Yeah. they dr- Villa Ice drives his motorcycle through the drywall, which not the best plan. <laughs> you want to sneak up on these people. Somehow he knew they were up there. It's never explained how he knew. They got their bikes up five stories and then busted them through a wall without anyone hearing them. Four four motorcycles. I like to imagine he goes back and listens to another tape. He's like, you hear that sound? That sounds like a room five stories above us. (laughs) But they don't don't park the bikes and walk and be quiet about it. They ride the bikes up. You ride a bike through drywall. We saw what's there when drywall's not there. There's wooden stones like wood. every 24 inches. <laughs> I know. Let's impale ourselves on wood. But it works, of course. Somehow these walls are held up with Tommy nothing. wasn't miraculously sitting at the wall they drove through. <laughs> I know. They did no attempt to fucking save Tommy. But they fi- uh, fly through the wall. This starts yet another very slow fist fight. Uh, just atrocious fight choreography. Actually, a tweet, tweet sound effect when one person gets punched. Real, I missed that. Punch, tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah, that's this movie. 
You know why the bad guys got beat up though, right? Why is that? Because right before it happened, one of them started imagining what he was going to do with the money he got. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do with the money? Wait a minute. <laughs> he is a cop. He started doing the two days from my pension. <laughs> so now we go back to the mechanics. Yeah. The cops are all at the mechanics. Why? I don't know. I guess they were going to arrest Johnny and the crew. Sure. But they all pull up and they have the bad guys strapped to the hood of their car and everything is fine now. Yep. That's it. No, that's cops are satisfied. Thank you for helping us catch bad guys. Michael Gross walks up and actually thanks Vanilla like, Ice. Thanks a lot, bud. <laughs> and says to Catherine, don't could be out too late. <laughs> it's a school night. <laughs> Ice has somehow changed hats. He changes. He, he will go scene for scene wearing the exact same outfit, and but his hat will be different in every scene. He calls her college girl like it's an insult the whole yeah, movie. College Co- girl. College girl. So he's ready to take off, and she's like, I'm ready to take off too. And he says, let's G-O. <laughs> and they take off, and that's the end of the movie, right? And wrong. Wrong. Because who pulls up? Nick the douche. N- Nick the dick. Nick the douchey ex-boyfriend. He comes in. He starts reaming her out, calls her a biker chick. Uh, says he'll never get with him again. So they say, let's go. Let's speed off. I says, hang on. I nope. forgot something. Yep. Comes back, rides over his white Corvette as a ramp and just jumps over it somehow. Fuck yeah. Then they ride off. Cat looks back. One last look back at her old life. Very briefly, on like less than half of a second, the words pop up. The end. Mm. And that's your movie. Cool as ice. But they had to shoehorn one last musical number in there. For the fans. <laughs> What's a 90-minute movie? I think it was 91, 93, something like that. And you get five music montages of four minutes and or more? Wait, four to, uh, four to six seven minutes? or eight at least. But I mean, the whole movie is a music montage. Yeah. So, Quirky, final thoughts on David Kellogg's Cool as Ice. When Mr. Show cast uh, a rapper for a, a sketch they did. They tried to get Flavor Flav. <laughs> and Flavor Flav was like, yeah, I'll do it, but I want to win at the end. And I think that was a big thing with rappers. They could never be perceived as being sure. less than. Right. We were the target audience for this, being mm-hmm. 13 when this came out. 14. 14. Yeah. He, he was nothing by the time this came out. It was like, if that was a one-hit It was already song, done. It was already novelty. a complete joke. It's only slightly admirable in its ridiculousness as a like this is so unlikable Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like just to say you've seen it sure it's a it's a time capsule of the era like i said there's there's so many flash in the pan pop acts over the years who all we know about them is their their one hit wonder there's no real story beyond that and man, like Vanilla Ice has this whole breaking movie that is just a fake hagiography about Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Uh, and my God, is it just fascinating and brutally, brutally unwatchable. Yeah. Unwatchable. He is so loathsome. Uncharismatic. So loathsome. Like I said, he cannot look other people in the eye. His lack of sincerity makes him seem like a sociopath. <laughs> like He really seems insane. And of course, everyone... You can kind of tell like how the filmmakers understood that they had a star 
who no one would like and no one would even be the least bit interested in because everybody who encounters it in the film is utterly fascinated. They're way overcompensating. And that's that's the way point. Way overcompensating. Yeah. They couldn't just look at him and be slightly impressed. Yeah. Because why the fuck is he in this movie? Why is he the center of a movie? Makes no sense. So atrocious movie. Fascinating if you're a bad movie aficionado. Yeah. But also very hard to get through. Very hard to get through. So... uh just to remind everybody, your run-of-the-mill bad film is a dare, truly atrocious movie is a double dare, and the reverse dare is for a movie we actually like Corky rating for Cool as Ice. This is a digga uh, digga dig double D. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, if you're a bad movie aficionado, you've probably already seen it. If not, see it just to say that you've seen the most utterly loathsome lead character in a movie ever. <laughs> uh but yeah, don't go out and see this unless you're doing a bad movie podcast yourself. I agree. I agree. Double dare all the way. This is this one's for the professionals. This is right. not for hey, let's watch something and just have a little fun tonight. This is for the people who've really put in the time and who've done the study. This is for the scholars. Yeah, let us do the work for you. Yeah, you you stick to your run of the mill bad movies because this one is bad. <laughs> All right, that's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. And be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read my movie reviews at daredaniel.com. Corky. Yeah. Where can people find your work? Well, uh, naturally, I'll be performing at industrial warehouses sprinkled throughout the great land of that's the United just, States. I mean, yeah, that's in a given. In between pastoral rural settings. Certainly. And occasionally, I might drop in at the Sugar Shack and uh, <laughs> assault some... No, I won't. <laughs> Catch you at the comedy spot uh, and come Put around a and have fun. needle scratch in there. Rip. No. <laughs> For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny John Van Flores. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, huh, yeah, bugging. Word. Yeah.